Hello, Internet, and welcome back to episode 75 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and joined with me today is Mr. Mike Freeman. Mike, how are you, and do you miss Steven? Do I miss Steven? Oh, man, that's a, that's a loaded question to start things off with. <laughs> First of all, I am great, so there's that. Yeah. I just got back from a week of vacation yeah. in uh, sunny Arizona. E- sunny, breezy California. You sent some really... Um, sorry, yeah, Arizona. You said... Arizona is where you were. Yes. And uh, you sent some really uh, nice and encouraging Marco Polos to us yeah. while you were there. <laughs> I heard it was drizzling and snowy and gray. And so I sent a little bit of sun and blue sky your way. Yeah. I thought it was funny how you sent a couple Marco Polos. And you're like, oh, hey, guys, here's here's us suffering for the Lord. 80 <laughs> degree weather, just sunny and breezy. And as I was looking at your Marco Polo, I looked out my window and it was just dreary. And I think it was a day that it was snowing slightly and my space heater wasn't working i was like oh man yeah look at you suffering <laughs> so this was a vacation that was planned 2019 this okay. was a, yeah, this yeah, was a yeah, christmas yeah. present from my in-laws for the whole kind of extended family we were going to go to hawaii but that didn't quite work out and it was rescheduled a number of times and we ended up in arizona yeah, had a really nice time but we were staying at a a rental that it was a long-term rental previously to us arriving and the person who had been renting it they were supposed to leave two weeks before we got there okay and uh they left the day that we got there and so the day you got the there day we is got when there. they finally left and so there wow. was uh it was clean but there was a lot of broken things and a lot of things not working and i guess the guy lived there for over a year he nba player is, is wow he was an nba player and uh renting a house down there and so we kind of had a weird a weird experience okay. where you're like you're at a pretty nice place, but your dishwasher doesn't work and it's leaking <laughs> and lights don't work. And so it was kind of a, maybe it could have been the the making of a horror story, but it wasn't. So it was well, a good time. That sounds like a good time though. I mean, like, I, I think you told me you guys got a discount. Uh, or at least your in-laws got a discount. I'm sure they because, did. Yeah. Yeah. But man, that looks like a, a really sweet place when you were, were sharing with that. Uh, Mike, so when I go on vacation, I try to aim for a lot of solitude and reading and just trying to recharge and stuff like that. What, what is it like vacationing with your entire family, like your kids and your wife and stuff? Like I, I have no idea what that's like. So like, yeah, what's not, it like being a family man, I guess? it It is not a let's go rest vacation. Uh-huh. It is a let's keep busy. Let's do stuff the kids want to do. In fact, the kids, they wanted to do a lot of like uh, not sightseeing, but like shopping, I guess. Oh, really? And like, okay. like the downtown Scottsdale area. And then like, uh, I have nephews that really like antiques, like world war two oh. memorabilia. And Jay's gotten into that a little bit. And so they spent a lot of time doing that. And <laughs> so I spent a lot of time finding cafes to drink at. And, and okay. Um, so, but it was, it was a good time. We played some pickleball, played some spike ball. You ever okay. played spike ball? Yes, I actually have a kit at my house. Actually, I'm the one that introduced spike ball to this church. Okay. Yeah. So it's a blast. It is. It, it is, is a blast. I didn't realize you played though, so we should we should try that at some point. We made a, a brand new version of a six player spike ball. Oh, really? I'll tell okay. you about that another time. Yeah. Okay. Oh. You know, I uh, you, you talk about like spike ball and pickleball and stuff like that. I'm actually really looking forward to finally being able to move and play like that. I actually got on a longboard the other day just to see if I could handle it. I didn't ride it. I just could, I was just trying to see if I could actually stand on it and I could, and I'm, my recovery is getting better. I'm, I'm looking forward to finally 
getting back to some of my hobbies. So I think in all fairness to our listeners, we need to create a poll. Yeah. And our po- our listeners should weigh in saying, should Andrew be on a longboard? <laughs> yes or no? And I think you need to obey the, the results of this poll because I think overwhelmingly they're going to say no. Well, so... so I'm going to tell everyone, say no. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> Listen, I have a helmet and I'm talking about a motorized one. So I don't have to do the pushing. I can just... Just jet, it has brakes on it. It's what about like a, a eight inch concrete brace for your back while you're riding this? Well, thing? I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna wait. Listen, <laughs> when the doctor finally clears me to be able to throw weight around is when I'll finally actually probably attempt a little bit of longboarding, some cruising. I don't do anything crazy. I'm not one of those longboard dancers. Oh boy, that'd be funny to see me doing that. But uh, with the Fleetwood Mac song playing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. Some great so, juice. And you know. We're we're just sitting here just chatting, Mike, and I, and I asked you earlier. Let me let me ask you again. Do, you know, do you do you miss Stephen? Very much miss Stephen. And for our listeners who have been listening, you're aware of Stephen had some uh, potential changes coming into his family life, and we'll just leave it at that. Or you can go stalk him on Facebook to find out uh, what's going on with him. Yes, is that fair? Yes, that is that is very fair. Um, I I'm just I'll just say that I'm very excited for him. And uh, his family as well as they... Good stuff going yeah, on there. Yeah. So, Mike, we are getting ready for Christmas here at Valley. Are you looking forward to our Christmas Eve services? Of course I am, man. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it's going to be extra awesome because this is going to be the first time you're going to be at all three of them. It is, yeah. So, so we have three services, 5, 7, and 11. Mm-hmm. And at those three services, we do candlelight service and... Lots of great Christmas music and some, we're going to talk about how Jesus being the day spring or the light of the world. And Andrew's going to be there because he's not traveling up north right not, after the seven o'clock. And so I'm excited. How about you? How, how are you feeling? I'm excited for it. It is different this year. I'm just, my own Christmas traditions are a little up in the air just because family's all around now. But I am looking forward to experiencing an 11 o'clock Christmas Eve service. I've never even heard of the concept until I met you. But I do like the idea that um, at midnight, Christmas Day, we're going to be singing praises to our Lord. And I think that's going to be really special. I keep hearing great things about that every time I've missed it. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to experiencing that. I think the one thing I am looking forward to the most, though, actually, is my brother and I decided to, um, to bring back a Christmas tradition that we started when he was in high school and I was in college. Uh, it's just us being gamer nerds. So people are, keep asking, like, Andrew, what are you guys doing for Christmas? I'll let you know right now on Christmas Day when y'all are like opening up your gifts and being jolly with your family. And all that, my brother and I will be probably playing Halo <laughs> and in our Christmas onesies and <laughs> our adult <laughs> Christmas onesies and saving the world. That's what we when we were kids. That's what we used to do. Is we would pick one game and we would just from beginning to end just run all the way through it. Oh, very interesting. And so that's what we're going to try to do this year because we haven't done it in 10 years or that something like that. That's kind of fun, man. That's so, kind of fun. Yeah. Do you have any Christmas traditions you're looking forward to this year for yeah, you and your we, family? Yeah, we, we have a load. We have a load of traditions. I mean, our traditions start with Advent, and yes. so the first Sunday of Advent, our kids get Christmas pajamas, and then we start reading an Advent story, and then we usually do our Christmas morning on Christmas Eve because oftentimes yeah, we do okay. Christmas Eve services, and then usually we're traveling on Christmas Day. Yeah, we're not doing that this year. We're not traveling on Christmas Day. Okay. And so I'm not sure if we're going to do presents and all the family stuff uh, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I floated it to everyone at dinner last night. I said, hey, how about we come home after that Christmas Eve service at midnight and it's Christmas Day. How about we just open presents then? And my wife, uh, she, her, her face did, was not pleased with that idea. <laughs> she, uh, she did not appreciate that. But 
Okay. Uh, so we won't be doing that, I don't okay. think. But. Okay. That's cool. Though. I, I'm excited for you guys. Did you... Uh, so I know you guys do this thing where it's like one thing you need, one thing to read, and one thing you want, right? Is that something you guys are continuing yeah. this year? Something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something okay. to read. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we, we follow that pretty... Okay. You know, we, we fudge a little bit with stockings and things like that. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. It's pretty much their four, the four things they get. Any big surprises for these kids, you think, that the, that you can share on, on air right now? I don't think they listen to this podcast. No, they don't. Fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they're, they'll are they be happy. Okay. You know, uh, last year was more of a tech year. This year, yeah. no, not really tech at all. Um, but they'll, they'll be happy. Okay. I know, I know like two years ago, right. You got on that trampoline and stuff. So I <laughs> the was trampoline wondering that exists no longer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause a tree fell on that. Right? Yeah. Is that what yep. happened? Yeah. Oh, geez, man. So anyway, Christmas is coming. I know if you are listening to this, uh, the day it comes out and you want to, uh, be a part of our service. People have been asking me, we will be live streaming all of our Christmas Eve services. We're doing it at five o'clock, seven o'clock and 11 o'clock, uh, Pacific standard time. Uh, you could you could find our streams on Facebook or vcflongview.org, and you can also check us out on, on YouTube, and it should be there as well. We'll be live all those services. None of them are going to be reruns, so yeah, go ahead and uh, check us check us out. Awesome. There, so. You can watch all three, and then you can decide which one came together the best. You I, you know what? That is that is a true statement, and if and if services are like sermons, I imagine the last service is going to be probably the most polished <laughs> out of everything. <laughs> We do so. All right, Mike. We're gonna we're gonna pivot into our topic of the day. I know. I know. Uh, for the last four episodes, I, I believe, or maybe three episodes, we've been going into systematic theology, looking at um, you know what is systematic theology, looking at how what the Bible in its entirety has to say about different topics. Uh, for the last two sessions, we've been talking about what is God like. You know, because I think that first week we spent some time on God and, or sorry, re- the revelation of God through special and general revelation. Now we were talking about the names of God as in what he reveals about himself. Yeah, right? so yeah. the big category, we're in the theology proper section, which okay. is really the theology of, of really God the Father is what we're talking about. We're going to okay. branch off in the next few weeks and talk about the triune God as well as God is triune, but uh, theology proper is a systematic theology category that has to do with with really god the father okay okay and so the the cool thing about the names that we've been talking about is that these are not names assigned to god but these are the names that god uses to reveal himself as in like so there's something that he's trying to communicate about himself when he gives us his name now last time we talked about uh jehovah if I remember correctly, and now we're about to jump into Elohim. If I yeah see this correctly, yeah. So it was really it was it was Yahweh. Yahweh, yes. Yahweh is the the revealed name of God mm-hmm. that He basically says, "I am the the one that is. I am the the preexistent, always present one." Mm-hmm. And we talked about some of the the scripture words that go along with that. And so you said Jehovah, like Jehovah. Uh, Jireh, yeah. like God who provides. It's really a form of Yahweh that's being uh, used there. Mm-hmm. And so when we end up talking about God, first, well, his given name, Yahweh, mm-hmm. or the Lord, is oftentimes it's translated just straight Lord. And then today we're going to transition into a, a name grouping, which has to do with really the, the general term for God in the Old Testament scripture, which is either the word El or the plural form, which is Elohim. Okay. Okay. So I, I mean, as we jump into this, is there is there any primers that we should know, or anything that we should have in our minds as we get go through all these, I, I guess titles or 
groupings? Yeah, I, I would just say, as we talk about El or God, this is, generally speaking, this is how the Old Testament refers to God, but also it's how it would refer to any God in the Old Testament. Okay. And it's also how it would refer to many gods. And so even the term Elohim is the plural form of El, but it's actually used in the singular usage for the one true God. And so God is called Elohim, plural word, but referring to the singular being of God. Interesting. Um, and sometimes uh, some people even call it like the plurality of intensity. It's meant to demonstrate the kind of the, the majesty or the intensity or the grandness or the glory of God. Um, almost in the same use of in the scripture when it talks about the royal we. So when a king says, we shall do this, mm-hmm. but he's saying, I'm going to do this. That's kind of the same idea. It, okay. It's uh, because of his majesty, because of his glory, because of the the weight of who he is. Um, plural is is the, the right kind of almost honorific way of understanding who he is. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, Michael, so I, I think we're ready to jump into this then. Uh, is there, is, you want to, do you want to just kick us off with the first name and we'll talk about it? Yeah. Well, I guess piggybacking off that then, if we talk about El or Elohim, we're talking about God as the, the supreme power, the one who has all the might or the one who has all the strength. And so this is, you know, you open up your Bible, you, you turn to Genesis chapter one, verse one, and it says in the beginning, God, God, and, yeah, yeah, okay. And so this is this is the the term there, um, and again, generic sense. Uh, but the same term, it's also used combined with other words describing it. And so this, where you, you have terms like El Shaddai or El Elyon or El Elohei um, or Olem, and then uh, Elohim Kaima, and so those. Those descriptor words, what we're going to do is just walk through those, read some scriptures where we find those terms, and then just really use it to increase our awe of who God is, is okay. how he describes himself. Is that, yep. Does that sound like a plan? That sounds like a good plan. And just so for our listeners, I guess the point of all this, honestly, is as we just reflect on how God has revealed himself, we are really just trying to be in awe of who he is. Um, you talked about the intensity or like... God as a supreme power, strength, and might in the in the revelation of Elohim, man, I think that's something that we need to hold on to. When I think our God is powerful, He is strength, He's strong, and He is He is mighty. Um, I, I, you gave me the opportunity to speak as the uh, Jesus, the 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 rod of Jesse, Jesus, our hope, and I think sometimes that title. I I think that's what I've appreciated about the sermon series that we are on right now is that we're taking a moment to really reflect on the titles of God. So that we can rest in him and know like this is who he is. So we do have a hope. And I guess taking the time to contemplate that stuff, letting that stuff sink in, makes it beautifully powerful in our hearts, I guess. It increases worship, right? It does, I mean, this, yeah. That's really what the, the end result of all of this is, our preaching series, or even this right here. As we're talking about these names, the last thing we want is for someone to be taking notes and be like, oh, now I know some more facts. This mm-hmm. is... This is not knowing the facts. One of the points we made this weekend in the message is, is there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Yeah. We, we don't want you to just know about God. We want you to know him. But part of knowing him is knowing who he is, mm-hmm. know, knowing the facts about him. And so if we jump into this this first, I guess, name of God, mm-hmm. um, God Almighty is, is how we would find it in our scripture as we're reading the English version. Okay. Or it would be El Shaddai, right? Okay. And so this uh, famous verse for this is Psalm 91, verse 1. Yeah. Would you like to read that? Yeah, it says, 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Emphasis on Almighty. Yeah. And so God is the Father who is, he's Almighty. Um, what, what does Almighty mean? Does it mean he has some power? Does it mean he has most of the power? This is actually saying he, he is the most powerful being in, in all of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like in all of, all of created order and even beyond that, in the entirety of the cosmos, God is the one who is more, more powerful than anyone. And uh, it's kind of like the, the descriptor of God who we'll get into this in the next few weeks, but God is omnipotent. Okay. And uh, it's really fun. Asher and I, we've been reading this little theology book, kids theology book. I, I don't know if I've told you this. You, you've mentioned it a little bit. In the Go mornings ahead. we've been reading and uh, it, it introduces them to big words like omnipotent. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, a few days ago, Asher was asking me, how do you say great in, in Hebrew? And it's gadol. And so he was like, God is omni gadol. And, uh, but he's getting it. He's getting this yeah. idea of like omni is, is all. all. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit strange translation there. But, but the point is, here, God is El Shaddai. He He is the He He is God Almighty. Mm-hmm. He is the one with all power. Um, there is nothing that will ever threaten His power. There is nothing that will ever be His rival in might. There is nothing that can ever stand in the ring against Him as a potential challenger. Uh, he is He's the champion. He is the Almighty, and that's what this is saying. And what this is meant to do in our hearts is it's meant to let us say, okay. What am I going through today that's overwhelming? Mm-hmm. What am I going through today that's that's crushing to me? Well, guess what? God's bigger than that. Yeah. He's stronger than that. You know, that makes me think of like El Shaq, Meshach, and uh, Bendigo when they, they claimed that God was the Almighty. So even if they were to be, you know, burnt in the fiery furnace, they knew that their God, that the, the one true God was stronger than anything else they could face and they trusted in him. So that means if if God can't be thwarted, he has a plan that's being worked out, and they trusted in that. It, it makes me feel like when we recognize that God is the Almighty, it allows us the ability to not be victims in situations, but to know that He is in control, and that we can trust in Him and His plan. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, you got a spark in my eye because our, our next series, we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. But uh, we won't hint that well, too much. Yeah, well, well. We'll, we'll brush past that. But no, but that's the idea that we're, we're focused on the fact that he's almighty, yeah. all powerful, that nothing can frustrate his plans. John Piper talks about how, how God is so almighty. That means that anything that happens, it's not like God is out of control or like he walked away and be like, oh no, I didn't realize that Hurricane Katrina was going to happen. Or that he's in the midst yeah. of all these things and he he's still stronger than all that. And I love your connection with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and their willingness to face whatever the result is mm-hmm. knowing that God is almighty. Yeah. Right. They, they know that God can and will save them, but even if he doesn't, they're not going to bow down and worship this, yeah. this pagan King who wants their, their worship above there, God. There's two levels there of knowing that God is almighty. There's this, that uh, God is almighty and expecting him to come and rescue you from everything or trusting that God is almighty, knowing that he could rescue and if he chooses, he can, but if not, there's something greater happening that they're submitting to. I think that's challenging yeah. in many ways, but there's, I want that kind of faith, I guess, to know that the, the trust in God is so mighty that I just know that he can, he can deliver if he chose to whatever his plan is, but whatever it is, he's still good. And I'm going to trust in that. 
It means our faith is not contingent upon the outcome that aligns with our ideal future. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we say, oh, God's almighty. That means, well, here's how my life should work. And I should have no suffering and no pain and no difficulty and no trauma. And that's, you read the scripture, that's not how it works for the people of God. No. They cling to him as all powerful in great suffering and in great turmoil. And and oftentimes at the loss of life. Mm -hmm. And yet that doesn't threaten God being almighty at all. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, El Shaddai or God almighty. Okay. Okay. Uh, the next one is, is God most high or El Elyon. And this is, um, really the idea that God is the one who has the sovereignty over all things that is absolutely supreme, right? So his rule and his reign, his rank, his position, he is, he is most high. Okay. Yeah. Picture a podium mm-hmm. with uh, different layers, right? You have third place, second place, and first place. Well, God is always the one who has that first place position. He is always the most high in terms of his rank and position and really his rule and reign and superiority. Um, and so you have t- texts like uh, another Psalm, Psalm 92 verses one and two. You want to yeah. read that for us? Yeah. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. Yeah. So this recognizes that there's something good to do, and it recognizes it in light of of who God is, of God being the one who is most high. And so it says, what is it good to do? Uh, To sing praises to your name. Yeah. Yeah, to, and, and to declare his steadfast love. Yeah, that's right. So it starts with thanksgiving. It then it moves into praising him mm-hmm. and declaration of his characteristic of love in the morning, and then declaration of his faithfulness at night. Right. And yeah. so this is just this is a full orb picture of a life that is posturing itself, recognizing God is most high. You know, I, I was you, you asked me a question. I was pausing for a second because I was thinking about the original audience. Like as a Hebrew growing up, you would be learning that God is the Almighty, the most powerful. And on top of that, you're also learning that He is not only is He all powerful, but He's to be placed as the most supreme. And so you have these um, these these constants in your life that you're trying to wrap your mind around to know like this is who my God is. And I think knowing these things and wrestling with them and and embracing them is what allows people. As, at least as they internalize that, to face the situations we talked about earlier, to face hardships in life, knowing that God is still in control and he's still worthy to be praised because he is the most high. That's right. And he's sovereign over any earthly ruler that exists. Yep. So you think about the many times the people of Israel, they were threatened by, uh, or they were threatened in captivity. They were taken into captivity. They were taken into exile. Mm-hmm. And they would have a pagan um, king who ruled and reigned in, in incredible ways, and yet God was still above that that king. And the same applies today, right? Yes. We live in yeah. a political climate. You know, we've got a president, and uh, guess what? He doesn't he doesn't even rank up compared to God at right. most high. He yeah. might have power of an executive order. We might have um, a legislator legislature that that maybe does things that we agree or don't agree with. We have a Supreme Court and whatever rulings they make. But guess what? There is one who is supreme above them. And every one of our politicians, we have God who is most high. And when we remember that, the natural outflowing of a life should be what's described in Psalm 92 verses one and two, right? Yeah. So it is good 
to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, Let me just ask our listeners, in your life, in your position, as there are people who rank above you in many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There are people that rank above you in athletic ability, people who rank above you in intellectual ability, people who rank above you in power or position, yet God is most high. And so even if you got to deal with others, do you still give thanks to God because he is because he is most high? And do you sing praises to his name? Um, this is the outflowing of a life that knows God. A life that knows God is can't help but sing praise to right. God. And I think we live in a culture that a lot of times wants to resist singing mm-hmm. to God, um, especially guys. For some reason, guys, we mm-hmm. want to be reserved. We don't want to show emotion or expression in any way. Mm-hmm. But when you know God, guess what? When you see that he is most high, one of the most masculine things you can do is sing praise to yeah. the Lord God, the one who is most high. Yeah, And then it follows up within declaring his steadfast love in the morning. This is his covenantal love, his, uh, his love that is never going to fail. And then... Uh, declaring his faithfulness at night, yes. that, that he is always faithful. So this is, again, a lot to unpack, but this is really aiming at who is God? He is He is the God most high. He is. And you, you, were, you were talking earlier about when we look at our rankings, whether it be intellectually or even financially or things like that, you can look to other people and feel like, oh man, I'm down here or whatever. But the truth is your God, the God who has come after you, the God who is shepherding you, he's the one that ranks above on high. So even if you have other quote unquote people who rank above you in certain situations, it doesn't matter because ultimately it's our hope, our God, the almighty who ranks far above everyone else. And there's something about that that we're like, I realized that if you are focusing on him, on the Almighty, you have so much more to give thanks for because yep, yep. He turns around and uses His power for our good and His glory. But if you spend your entire time looking at other people who rank above you in status, you're not grateful, and really, you're just you—you you could just become a curmudgeon and just think like, "Well, I deserve this. Why don't I have X, Y, or Z? Why don't I have all these good things?" When you forget that the Almighty God ranks above all everyone else. And he loves us yep. in that. Ah, man, I, I just I was just thinking more and more. About That's a good that. perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, who are you looking at? Are you looking at those who rank above you one or two steps? Or are you looking at the one who ranks above everyone mm-hmm. as God most high? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Our next term then is uh, El Olam, right? And, and this is the word for... Has, El Olam? Yeah. Okay. For like eternal or everlasting or like like forever is the idea, right? Okay. So this is the God who is forever or the God who is everlasting. And this just kind of, I guess it layers onto the idea of God being eternal, mm-hmm. the one who is without beginning and without end. Yeah. The uncreated creator is, you know, sometimes what is said about God. And so you have passages like Genesis 21, 33. Um, why don't you go ahead and yeah, read? It says, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Oh, and so just a, a very, you know, almost like a, a footnote kind of title here. But what is what is he calling God? The everlasting God. This is making a distinction between all the other pagan gods. Yeah. Right. This is making a distinction between all of the the rivals to the one true God. This is making the distinction that God is the the one who is forever. Yeah. He's the uncreated creator. You know, what's interesting is that every time we see these titles of God, it's never an everlasting God or an eternal God or an, it's, it's the, it's the one above all else. It's the God. And uh, yeah, just, just hammering home that point that there is no one else like him. 
Um, you know, you, you talk about everlasting God and I, what popped in my mind was like an everlasting gobstopper. Just that, you know, from Willy Wonka, just like that thing that continues on and on and on and on. Why do you think that that was such a, um, a distinction, I guess, for them as, as ancient Israelites? That's a great question. I, you know, I, I don't know what would, it would be interesting to dig into the context here of Genesis 21 a little bit more and come back and say, okay, what would lead Abraham in this moment to want to recognize God as the everlasting God yeah. versus all the other things you could have said about That's a great question. I think, yeah. And maybe God revealing himself as everlasting is just letting him know that like I'm forever. So I'm the almighty, like there's nothing, no one else has ever, ever going to outrank me ever because I'll outlast. If there were other gods, I would outlast them. So I, I don't know. It just makes me wonder like what, what, what is the context in which they are learning? Right. Is it, Cause he's saying like, yeah, here's a new thought. Mm-hmm. This is it for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, we kind of we kind of hit on the everlasting and the uh, stuff in our in our previous things. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? Then so okay, I'm really interested in this next one because I I don't know how to say this. The yeah. El Kayimke. I feel like this is like a Dragon Ball Z attack. I'm not sure what this is. Just say hi. Hi. So the different ways to say it, but the so the Greek has the guttural letters that kind of confusing. They pronounce with an H, but it's almost like a, a KH at times. Okay. And so the hi or Elohim hi or Kai. Wait. Uh, all those letters is just hi. Well, you see how that slant, that slash, yeah. that backslash. Yeah. So yeah. just focus on that last word. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought that's like my last name where it's like, you know, it's N-G-U-Y-E-N, but it's, yeah. we just win. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. Because so, the word here is is alive. Okay. Right. Or living. And that's really what it's focusing on. And so when we talk about how God is the living God, he's the the God of life. And he is really the God that is the, the source of all life. And that's what we're trying to get at when we're talking about Elohim Kaim or, or Elohim Hai or Kai. Uh, again, pronunciation we're actually not sure how some of this was pronounced with okay. the way the verbs work but at the end of the day that's what it's talking about is god the the living one and the one who is the source of life okay and so you get a, a flavor of this from joshua 3 um this pre- preparation to, to cross the the jordan you want to read the text for yeah. us it says and joshua said here's how you shall know that the living god is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing and the waters flowing down from above shall stand in one heap. Mm-hmm. So this is, Hey, this is how God, how you can be guaranteed that God's going to do what he said he's going to do in this land of Canaan. When you guys get in the water, right? Here's what's going to happen, right? And this is the promise of, of future success. Mm-hmm. But what I want us to focus on is in verse 10, right? And how shall you know that the living God is among you? This is the living God. This yeah. is the one who is alive. And again, contextually, right? You think about ancient pagan worship. This isn't 
uh, an idol. This isn't a statue made of gold or silver or clay or bronze or stone or wood. This is not something that you cut a tree down and use half of it to build an idol and you use the other half of it to warm yourself as you throw it into the fire. Mm-hmm. This is talking about how the God is the God who is living. He is real. He's real. He he's alive. He's interacting with yeah. the the world around yep. it. And yeah. ultimately he's the source of all life as yeah. well. Like this is this is who God is. And again, you layer all these titles together, right? The Lord most high, the Lord almighty, the Lord who is forever, the Lord who is alive. You layer all these together. And, and, and what is the natural response? It's to be in awe. Yeah. It's to say, okay, wow, God is, he's God. I mean, that's really the point. God is He's God. He is the one true and only God. He is the living and powerful God. He is the almighty and most high God. There is none that compares to him. That's the goal of all of this is we, we look at the names of God. God's God. Yeah. And we, we look at these names and we, I, I think about the original audience and how they are wrestling with these things and how much we need this today. You, 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 you kept hitting home the idea that this is the living God as in the source of life right now. It, you brought that up and I couldn't help but reflect on some Gen Z kids I've been working with and how like right now, it, it's interesting if you look at sociology, generation Y, so millennials, what, was, what drove them from a sociological standpoint was a, was a search for meaning, which we would say God is what gives us meaning and purpose. Gen Z is characterized by this. We want to be happy. We want, we want life to just to, we want life. We want to experience things and we want to do all these things. And yet where they are looking right now to experience quote unquote life isn't giving them life. It's actually giving them death in the long run. As I see them running amok with honestly drug abuse and, and just emptiness and technology and all these things. And yet if they would just turn to the creator, to the living God, they would know life and know it truly. That's right. Right now. And it's, it's so crazy to me that like, you know, you, you, you hit home the idea of um, the living God who lives and interacts. And yet right now we worship technology. We worship people. We worship all these things. And we are still so dead on the inside because they, it cannot reach the longings of our heart. And yet here's God declaring from the very beginning, this is me. What you're looking for is me. You're broken, and I'm here. I'm here. Just, just turn to me. I, that's that, as I'm looking at all this. That, that's 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 what I'm thinking about. It's right, choosing right. the substitute, right? It's choosing yeah. the lesser. And and <clears throat> again, who, who is like God? I think I've told you this story before. When I came to faith, I came to faith as like a 10, 11 year old. It was at a Christian festival. I heard the gospel. It was kind of a turn and burn presentation. I didn't want to go to hell. And so I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to believe. And I think I had a genuine faith. It wasn't until years later that I started to understand all of the implications of my faith. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But uh, I remember at that place, it was a big festival. And so there's just tons of Christian garb for sale, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, all the kind of like cheapo stuff or whatever, yeah. but they had key rings that had your name on it. And then it had your, the meaning of your name in mm-hmm. it. Right? And, um, and I found mine and I'd never seen this before. And I turned it over and, uh, and I read it in my name. It means who is like God. Now, when I read that the first time I was, you know, 11 year old and really excited about things, God, cause I just came to faith. And I read that thinking, 
who is like God. Oh my goodness, this is saying I'm like God. Oh wow, I'm pretty amazing. So right? it's a Michael, comma, who is like God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not realizing <laughs> there should be a question mark at the end of it. Yeah. So it's more of a rhetorical question, mm-hmm. and and so the the word or the name Michael really what it means is it says rhetorical question that says who is like God, mm-hmm. and the answer is no one. No one. Yeah. He is the forever God. He is the living God. He is the God most high. He is God almighty. There is none like him. That, that's the point. And so I think that connects with you talking about how different generations are looking for different, different things to fill them, to satisfy them. But guess what? Everything you look for, none of it is actually God. Mm-hmm. None, none, there's nothing like him. He is, the, he is the authentic, true thing. The one, I shouldn't even say thing. He is the one that you're really looking for. Right. And until you turn to him, until you trust in Jesus and his death and resurrection as your savior, and until you turn to him as, as the Lord Almighty, uh, nothing is going to fill you. Yeah. Nothing's going to satisfy. Nothing's going to give you that hope and that joy and that peace and that love that is what you're made for and that way it's what you're longing for. Yeah. My, my prayer for our, our listeners right now is, um, you know, as we go through these different versions or maybe qualifiers of the name Elohim is that our listeners would know God as each of these things. And maybe, you know, God as the almighty, you know, like, yeah, he is the almighty, but maybe, maybe you don't know him as the living God. Maybe he's just, this almighty God that's out there, but he's just out in the cosmos doing whatever. I, I hope not, but I hope that, that that relationship that as God is saying that I'm the living God, I, I, I interact and I'm here and I am the source of life. I pray that if you haven't ex- known God in however way he has revealed himself in the scripture, I, I pray that maybe you would see this as an opportunity for you to change your prayers, to know God as the living God, or maybe know God as the almighty or know God as, as, as the most high as of right now, actually that's always challenging, right? As the most high, because we, even as Christians still struggle with idolatry as we, as we put things on pedestals that really shouldn't be there right now. And so I don't know. That's, anytime we talk about the attributes of God, that's my, my mind is always like, where, where do I, where am I not knowing God in this way? He's revealing himself. Cause it's, that's how he's revealing himself. As I, I, that's how he's saying, this is how, what, how you should know me. And then there are times I'm like, I, I don't know you as, as that. We, we talked about last week or the week before Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. Dude, when I was in college, that's what, that was my prayer for the longest time. I was like, God, I don't really know you as the provider. I've always seen my parents just provide for me. I've never been in a struggle where I've needed you to just to show up. And that was my prayer. I was like, God, I, let me know you as Jehovah. And man, he did. He just showed up and just showed me like just, just stupid things in my life where like I wasn't good with money. Like God just showed up and showed me like, hey, I'm going to provide if you just keep me at, at the forefront. So anyway, I, we're kind of drifting around here, but I, I, don't know, I get excited when I see these attributes of God. And that's my prayer, I guess, for, for all of our listeners is that would, they would know God just in a, in a much deeper and intimate way now as we've gone through these attributes. Amen and amen. Yeah. You know, Mike, I, I think we've kind of come to the end of this conversation then with, with Elohim. I think, uh, what is, do you know what we're going to be talking about next week? It's, it's another name of God, right? 
Potentially. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm excited. You know, if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. I know that some of these things are big concepts. Uh, you should see in our in our podcast description, number one, you should see these notes so you can follow along. But number two, you also see contact information. So I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions and you'd like us to go deeper into something or maybe something wasn't clear enough for you, uh, feel free to write in and we'll, you know, we'll read your question. And maybe if you're like, oh, don't read it on air, then we won't. Right. But man, I'd love to have a letter segment at some point in time. So, uh, Mike, as we bring this to a close, will you, will you pray for our audience? Heavenly father, we come to you as the one true God. we come to you as God almighty, Lord, we remember that you are God most high, that you're the forever God, the, the everlasting God, and that you are the living God. And not just that, you're the source of all life. And so we ask that you would fill our minds with these truths. And I pray that as these truths fill our minds, it would would transform our hearts to love you and to worship you and to honor you more and more. And ultimately, ultimately, Lord, I pray that you would help us to live lives that, that reflect you, that show others that we know the one true God and that we honor and we worship you and we serve you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.